porque quiero verte hoy. Es por ese momento en que escuche tu voz. Y cuando al fin estemos juntos los dos. No importa qué dirán tu padre y tu mamá. Aquí solo importa nuestro amor. Si Welcome back, guys. How's everybody doing today? What up, what up, everybody? You guys can see we're back at a familiar location. Yeah. Excited about this. For all our first time listeners, welcome back. Welcome. For all our listeners that are always following us, thank you for guys for tuning in. Yeah. Upgrade. What up, B? How are you today? <laughs> what up, what up? I just thought about uh, your mom right now. What's up? I just thought about your mom right now. I think she's our number one fan at this moment. <laughs> you know what? I don't think so anymore. Oh, damn. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. But welcome, welcome. This is Said Connects, Cannabis Entrepreneurial Dialogues. This is your host, Danny. I'm here with B. We're at a familiar location in the beautiful city of Boyle Heights. We're inside Yerba Dispensary. Yes, it does feel good to it be back. Good. It feels good. For all our listeners that have seen us in the past, we've had an episode here to start season three with Said Connects. And so uh, I'm excited to be back with a special guest. Um, and so and we'll, we'll definitely get, get to that in a few minutes. But let's, let's start this off. We are Said Connects. Cannabis Entrepreneurial Dialogues. Our mission is to create spaces for people of color, brands of color, minorities that are in the cannabis industry to create representation, be able to educate and empower our communities through storytelling and experiences within this cannabis industry, whether you work here, whether you're, you partake in the culture. We want those stories to be heard, to be able to inspire those that may be on the fence about, yeah. you know, do I want to? Do I not? And it's important for, for our viewers to see people that look like us in the space to be able to do that. So I'm excited about the work that we're doing. Um, I'm excited about all of the the connections that we've been making within the community. Yeah. And I don't know. What about you, B? What you think? You know, to me, like family, to me, family, people that look like us, uh, people that talk like us, it's it's just a huge huge thing for me and and obviously for the podcast so um in the past i mean just just think about all the people that we've met so far it's like great stories if you haven't listened to them please go back and listen to them go back i'm excited definitely to be back here you know i said it last time that we were here it just kind of feels you know cozy in here and um so i'm glad to be back here absolutely for those that are that are tuning in if you haven't done so already make sure to go ahead and subscribe to our youtube channel uh, follow us on Instagram at said connects C E D underscore connects. Our YouTube channel is said connects. So hit that subscribe button. Uh, if you haven't done so already, but I'm sure you have already. So yeah. Yeah. Remember we're shadow band. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we've, we've upgraded there too. Yeah. <laughs> but let's get into this episode. I'm excited to have, uh, our guest, um, our guest. She, they've been the brand itself has been around for a few months, um, but they've been taking over the cannabis industry by storm. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the leading forces of this brand is our guest, who not only is a brand partner, but she also is uh, a co-founder of Mota Glass. She's also uh, one of the leading uh, activists in the cannabis industry for Latinas in the space as well. Uh, so. I want to be able to introduce none other than Suzy Placencia from Umo. Yeah. <laughs> what up, Suzy? How are you? What's up, guys? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here on a Monday night. I, I'm always happy to come down to Boyle Heights anytime I get an opportunity to. Um, you know, Yerba is such a gorgeous shop inside and out. You, for those listening who have not made it down here, make sure you come down here. Because it's definitely an experience. I think you're, if you're a Latino um, and you come to this shop, you definitely feel like a definitely special feeling. I remember my first time here being like, 
damn, like it's finally here, you know, like (laughs) the the same feeling that we put into building Umo. um, I got that feeling when I walked in the dispensary, you know, which is representation and pride. Mm -hmm. Nice. Absolutely. So one of the things that we like to do um, with uh, with our episodes is we like to learn a little more about you and your upbringing. Talk to us about share with us your upbringing. What was that like growing up in your household and maybe the messaging behind cannabis in your household? Yeah, so I was actually born right here at White Memorial Hospital. Oh, shit, right down the street. (laughs) I was born down the street. (laughs) So I was born down the street. Um, We were the only family that that was that is in in Los Angeles. My other family, um, they're in Dallas. So when everyone started leaving Mexico, everyone kind of just went to Dallas. But my family were the only people that went to L.A. because my dad was actually uh, going to school at USC. So like oh, nice. when I when he graduated and we actually moved to Whittier. So I was born here and then I grew up in Whittier. So Whittier is like maybe 30, 40 minutes out, depending on traffic. If you guys have ever been on the outskirts of L.A. on the yeah. way to the O.C., that's where you'll find, you know. Whittier. You know, I've never realized how big Whittier is until yeah. like just recently when someone said just that, like I'm like borderline Orange County. It's like, wait, what? It yeah. borderlines Orange County, and they're like, yeah. Whittier Boulevard, you know, starts from over here, and then it goes to actual Whittier, and then before you know it, you're you're kind of near La Habra, and I believe that's kind of the start of OC. Ah, so, okay, yeah. that makes more sense. But it it is it is quite large. I think people try to like put you know to generalize Whittier, like oh, what, what's Whittier? Is it nice or is it the hood? I'm like. It depends. Yeah. depends yeah. Where, you're at. where you're at. Yeah. Just like every city, <laughs> I think. Just like right? every part. Yeah. Even, even, little, even little spaces in LA. Yeah. Like, you know, you're talking about Koreatown or or any anything in the middle of LA. Everything has <laughs> a little bit of everything. That's Absolutely. true. Absolutely. So, I, yeah, I definitely grew up in Whittier. Um, very Mexican household, very strict mom. Um, so it was definitely, like, cannabis wasn't really like a, a conversation, <laughs> like it wasn't something that was discussed, you know, but my dad being, being a medical professional, he was always very into like yerbas in general. Like gotcha. he, had, he was very like into the botanicas, like, right. he, you know, herbal remedies, that kind of thing. He was a big on the noni. Who remembers noni? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I <laughs> I remember like the, the drinks, no? Yep, like, the noni yeah. was like, you, you, you cure cancer. Like it was like, <laughs> it was a big thing, you know? So um, people would come in the neighborhood, people would trust, you know, my dad is Dr. Benny. That's my dad. He's Dr. Benny. So he's like the neighborhood, like, Mexican doctor who was happy to do house calls because he's just in the community. And my dad's always been an advocate for plant medicine as a whole, but not necessarily cannabis. Right. And so it wasn't until kind of, um, I was, I I took a job as a bud tender. So that was my, one of my first like cannabis, you know, um, you know, experiences is I was a bud tender. And I remember my, my dad seeing me come home with like a ton of weed one time because um, I was a bud tender, but quickly moved up to manager. And then I was part of the buying team, you know, and so Got I would you. come home with packs sometimes. And one time my dad's just like, well, what's going on here? You know, but because I, it was for work related purposes and it was clearly like not illegal activity, he was just kind of conflicted about it. But I think my safety was more important than like his thoughts on cannabis. It was more like, is this safe? Is this legal? Is this going to get you in trouble? You know? Right. You know, and I think my dad's always just had that perspective. Um, you know, my mom is not really in my life, so I don't, not sure how she thinks about it. Probably not too good, but what's great about it is that I've with my activism and advocacy for cannabis, I've actually been on Univision talking about cannabis. So I know that, you know, my family, whatever feelings they may think about it, I've I've been doing good something yeah. been doing sure. good through cannabis right, and I right. think that and I have a career through cannabis so what can they say you know when you're I think a you know a, a Mexican parent or or grandparent what you want for your kids is for them to be safe and to to make a life for themselves you know and I think I'm doing that and I think that there the perceptions of cannabis are changing thankfully because of us our community we're showing what's possible with right. cannabis you know miss myself included yeah now but you weren't always working in, in the cannabis field, though, right? Like that that bud tender was just a 
like a, a small little phase in, in your career? Yes. What were you doing how, before that? That's how I started. Gotcha. And then um, I got accepted to USC as well. Like my, my dad went to that and I ended up. <laughs> that, that deserves a shout out. So I, did, I got accepted to SC um, and I moved away from the Whittier area um, to around the, to the USC area. Sure. So I moved there and then I, I wanted to, you know, be like everyone else in terms of get a good job, get a, make a, get a stable career. You know, that's what I thought I wanted, like my, my dream, like what I, I want to make my parents proud, you know, do that. So I think that I, I definitely had a very corporate career. Um, I went path. to school. Yeah. Corporate yeah. path. I had a, I got my degree in public relations and started working at a pretty traditional PR agency Okay, doing the nine to five life, doing that kind of very structured like experience. And I think early on I started seeing that I did not, I wasn't my best in that, in that environment. Why, why do you feel that way? I felt that I was very confined to a desk and nine to five life where I'm a natural communicator. I thrive at events. I thrive in meeting Mm -hmm. other people, uh, making connections. And, um, as a publicist, you know, that's a lot of our work. And here I am at a desk at like 10 in the morning writing emails where I could be at an event making more, you know, making more things happen for our clients. So I realized early on, I was like, I don't know how I feel about these the conventional methods. I feel like I can get from A to B being strategic and yeah. using my talents versus like the way that it's supposed to be. So I think that I... I got really kind of like something's not right. Like I don't, yeah. I don't know how to yeah. do it because I like the work that I do, communication, writing. Mm-hmm. I was like, but I don't know this, 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 uh, and this whole structure. I was like, it's not fitting me. Like now, during this time, were you consuming cannabis at this time? Uh, yes, okay. all the time. I've been consuming cannabis since I've since I was like 18 or 19, which is, I think is kind of late considering uh, what sure. I've heard from other people. Yeah. I was just always yeah. afraid of it. You know, they make it, they made us think that it was the worst thing, you Absolutely. know? And I was just, you know, very a quiet, like kid. I love school and I didn't want to get in trouble. And that was, that was me. So right. like, I would never kind of push the limits of like, Oh shit, let me try this. Like I, I was just kind of good on that, you know, until I tried it. And I was like, I like it. Like, yeah. like it smells so good. I think I just honestly love cannabis. Like, right. like it's just, it smells so fucking good. It tastes good. Like makes you feel good. But I also love the experience, like the sensory experience of, mm. of working with cannabis, you know, the buds grinding it up. Like it's a ritual. I think that being, you know, launching Mota Glass, like um, it's been great kind of being part of, the cannabis community in that way where it's like the tools that you use you right know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. no and, an and, intimate port. And, and i'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the points that i wanted to highlight is that this is another avenue of entering the cannabis industry without even having to to be product like you don't have to be touching the product or the plant yeah. to be able to still thrive within this industry and you were able to capitalize that on that by understanding that there are Latinos that are uh, glass blowers, right? Yes. And so can you share with us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I co-founded Mota Glass with alongside my partner. Um, and we basically, um, when, we, when I first kind of started working more with cannabis clients, um, I started learning more about the glass industry. And both my partner and I were like, how come no one talks about like where bongs are made, like no one ever knows, <laughs> you know, you get it. They out just kind of show up. up. Yeah. They're just there. Yeah. right? Like we don't know who makes them, where they come from. And because I'm a Spanish speaker, my, my, my partner is as well. They were able to, t- to tell us to come kind of like the ins and outs of what, what happens in glass. And what they told us was, was not good. A lot of worker exploitation, a lot of, um, People not getting what they're worth or what they deserve. Um, people just kind of lowballing them because using their immigration status against sure. them. You know, a lot of yeah. stuff that our communities deal with uh, on, a daily. You know, on a daily. But you know, yeah. it was happening in glass, and it, and one of the things that was very remarkable to hear was that these glass blowers were 20, 30 year glass experts, wow. artists, Latinos never smoked cannabis in their lives. <laughs> because of the stigma we deal with. Right. That's and right. that to me, because I'm a former journalist, like, like that's an amazing story. Like 
you know, glass blowers that have devoted their life to this art and they aren't even part of the community because of the stigma that we deal with. So I, from the, from the moment that we started developing Mota Glass, I was like, this is going to be on the LA Times. Like this is, this is, a, this is a really important story for our community. I was already thinking of, um, like, I, I don't know. I think, uh, I think of a businesses through, through the lens of press, because as a publicist, like I can't help but to think of the story right. of everything. Right. Yeah. And if there's a story, it's a business straight up. Yeah. So when I yeah. saw that, I was like, Oh my God, this is, we can, this is amazing. This is an amazing story. And, um, we told, we talked to the glass bars and we were like, you know, do you guys like what you're doing? First of all. And they're like, yeah, we wish we could, we wish these people, these brands didn't screw us. <laughs> and we were like, is it possible to create a brand that actually gives these glass blowers consistent work, consistent wages, but allows them to do their art because they do want to blow glass. Right. Yeah. So we started Mota Glass with one, the kind of like low key anger from hearing what we heard from these glass blowers of how they yeah. were being cheated. And, but the passion of wanting to create change. And when you have that kind of like passion, but still kind of low key rage, <laughs> like anger, yeah. like that's the, the secret sauce mission purpose and a little bit of anger and something to prove that's what the energy that mota came out with and we launched november 2020 and um with the story learn about glass support local glass blowers and did you know that most of them are latino you know yeah so, which i had no freaking clue yeah I had no it idea. wasn't until i started seeing it through social media that i was like Oh, dang, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we wanted to educate people, um, really let them know that, you know, this is high quality Latino blown glass. Like you grabbed it. It's thick as hell. It's like, thick. And yeah. it's great seeing the glass blowing process. And I'm happy to say right. that we were just featured on the LA Times two weeks ago. Nice. Congratulations, Congratulations. on Thank that. Thank you. And it's such an emotional moment because like I mentioned, when we first started the brand, I was like, LA Times. And then boom, we got the LA Times. So I think as a publicist, like it feels good, but as a brand like developer, knowing the possibilities that Mota could take us, yeah. seeing it happen, you know, and the thing about Mota Glass is we built it with close to nearly no budget. It's just passion, story, knowing your people, being really transparent, being out there, having clean marketing, because that's the key. If you don't have money, <laughs> be clean, <laughs> be like super clean as hell. But but be really um, professional as 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 much as possible, you know. So we definitely I curated a page on social media that was that looked like a more legit business, and we were just starting out. But what's great is that because of that, like people popped on, and we created a community. We're almost ten thousand Instagram followers strong. And if you go on Instagram, people are constantly smoking all day because they're repping Mota Glass or tagging us, and we're reposting it. We're creating a community of people who. Smoke, so that's you how know? you do it. Yeah. Shit, that's, I'm trying to figure that shit out myself. Well, well we, we, we inspire people, like, right. send us clouds, send us what you're smoking. And uh, throughout the quarantine, you know, you couldn't sesh at the homies pad. So uh, yeah, we were yeah. like, tag us. And yeah. so we created this channel where everybody's smoking together. And at the Mota family, we call it worldwide, baby. We have glass yeah. in a smoke shop in Japan. Oh, oh damn. Wow. <laughs> Damn. Okay. And, and check this out. They were the first dispensary, or not dispensary, smoke shop to carry us. Japan. Japan bro, was when, the first. Yes. And they were the ones to reach out to us. I think uh, we launched November. I think by December, they were already wanting to carry us. And I think that for those who don't know, uh, Japan has a little love affair with Chicano. Culture. Yeah. 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 I've yeah. seen that. Yeah. Check yeah. it out on the New York Times. Yeah, they have sure. like a documentary. They definitely do. On Vice. They yeah, love, yeah. yeah. They love, um, the, the low rider the low culture, culture. Like, yeah, they yeah, got the dress yeah, up, the they got LA, everything. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I have a feeling maybe it's a little bit of that. They saw how like Latinos, but we came, we came in hot with, yeah, with sure. our Latino, like, you know, pride. So I think that maybe it's a little bit of that, but I think that, you know, I want it to be worldwide because I want people to, to support our glass blowers and our, our, our LA times feature, you know, it definitely has our, you know, Hector, he's our one of our lead glass blowers, a Peruano blowing glass for thirty years. He did yeah. his interview in Spanish. Nice. You know? I saw I saw the 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 little the clip as well. I was like, dang, that looks it's dope. special. But you know, yeah. like so, so Mota glass, we we built it, we grew it with literally no budget and just having that raw passion. So when Umo came to the picture, possible project, this 
that's the farm behind Umo. They wanted to talk to me and I thought it was because of collab with Mota Glass. Right. And right. Nah, I could see why that would that's happen. That's what I thought they were doing. Yeah. And, but nah, come to find out they were working on something, wanted to talk to me about it. And I was like, Talk to me then. Yeah. One thing led to another and they were like, you're the one, like, let's figure out how we can do this. They were like, do what you did with Mota, for but us. do it for us. Yeah. But you actually have a budget. <laughs> I'm like, could you imagine if I, me with actual money, like I did that with nothing. Yeah. So with Umo, it Yo, has been hard on too. because yeah. like, yeah. I, have, I have the support that I didn't have with, with Mota Glass in terms of resources and a team and agriculture experts. So possible project there, um, all Latino uh, operation out of Salinas, a uh, 12 acre farm up there, really gorgeous. They do yeah. mixed lights. So it's sustainably grown flour. Their flour uses up to like a pound less uh, of water per pound of flour. So it's a ton of less water that you're being used for the growing aspect and also three times more efficient than indoor grows. But we are coming through with that THC content. You know, we got, we're testing at 34, 36, 38%, um, which is rivaling indoor flower, but it's way more sustainable and it has more terpenes because we is, don't cut out the sun. Yeah. So is that, so, so for our viewers that are, that are listening and maybe might not even know the difference between like, is a mixed light is going into what you just said, like sun and and light? Yeah, yeah. So basically, um, there's there's indoor mixed light and then there's outdoor, right? So indoor, the reason why indoor became so popular, especially in the LA area, is because of prohibition. Mm -hmm. Like, racism is not legal. It wasn't legal for so long. So all these growers had to go underground and learn how to grow with no sunlight, just in the darkness, right? right. Um, so what it resulted in is being able to control all these elements, right? Your CO2, your light levels, all these things, because you have to be underground. And what you can get is really high, high THC yielding flour. Mm. You can get that indoor crazy THC content. But what you're not able to get as much is the terpenes because you cut out the sun and then you get a lot of the, those nutrients from the sun. So with outdoor... You're using the sun, the sun right. love it, mm -hmm. terpene rich, but maybe you're not able to to do the levels and adjust them sure. properly. Or it's, so and it's seasonal. Can, seasonal, you have all these elements that you're fighting against. You're fighting against the wind, the bugs, right? The fact that sun isn't that consistent. Mm -hmm. So what you're able, you have less yields, less THC content, but you have that richness in the terpenes. People love, there's a lot of enthusiasts who actually swear by only outdoor. Like they don't right. work with that. And yeah. Like, and I've, and I've seen a few, I've yeah. talked to, uh, and, and it's normally out in the, like up North. Yeah. Right. A lot of the, the North, yes. a lot of the folks up North, um, because that's what they've been accustomed to, yeah. right. They've been accustomed to having the, the, em the Emerald triangle so yes. close to them. Yes. Right. And so they have like Humboldt, Mendel, the Trinity County, the flower accessible to them. Whereas down south, and we've said this time and time again, they're two completely different markets mm -hmm. within the cannabis mm -hmm. industry. Yeah. Like two completely different markets. And, and and going back to the point where you brought up with, with the indoor, I've always assumed that the there's more indoor down here because obviously there's no land space. and space, <laughs> land is right? There's no land yeah. and space yeah. out here to be able to, to grow out in the yeah. farms, right? You'll see that more on the coast going towards like, what is it? Santa Barbara, Wainimi, Oxford. And there's a few farms out there, right? But yeah, it's spa what, space is an right. issue now, but back in the day, you know, it was definitely like, like wanting to be yeah. underground and hiding. So, so that's kind of the, you know, indoor, outdoor, and then mixed light comes in and it's basically the control of indoor, but you're not completely cutting out the sun. You know, we recognize that the sun brings a lot, but we recognize that it's not reliable. <laughs> so yeah. we supplement it with the LED lights when you need them, but you're not cutting out the sun. I believe that mixed light is the future. I think that it's it's recognizing that you can control a lot more when you just take the time to build the proper pro the proper yeah. supplies to it. Because sure. it, is, it is very difficult. And the reason why we're able to do it is because agriculture specialists over at possible they are agri agriculture like specialists to the core they um come from growing tomatoes 
like a lot of the founders um, come from uh, a tomato company in Mexico that really specialized in tomatoes and they brought a lot of the expertise to Salinas and a lot of their technology is proprietary. They built it themselves because they're very picky with how they grow weed and sure. you can tell, you know, so yeah. it's great having that kind of level of care in cannabis. And when, when we started building Umo, it was like the most perfect mix of like branding passion like community but also really great sustainably grown flower like yeah. it's all coming together and i think that i'm happy to share that you know if umo is officially an award-winning flower brand now nice yes nice. Yeah. Nice. that was another round of applause there. Yes. <laughs> and how how long has umo been in existence as a brand through possible february 4th was our official kickoff date so we of had a, 2022? Yes. Yes. Oh, wait, wait, are we in 22, 23? We're in 22, 22, yes. We're in 22. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we kind of, you know, we kind of saw like, I mean, us, you know, having conversations with different people, we were like, yo, what is this brand? Like, it's popping off well, it, everywhere. It, it felt like, honestly, and I'm going to be straight up, like, <laughs> it felt like there was an explosion after 420. Yeah. And, and 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 that could very well be by design, um, but it it looked like just understanding just the culture, over. understanding brands, and 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 how things come to be. Like, yeah, you've heard whispers of, and you saw little bits of Umo here and there, but it wasn't until 420 that y'all just went hard on your marketing. Is that? Was that by design? I want to say that we've we've been growing going hard since since we launched. However, like you can only go like you have to take your time with it. Also, sure. like yeah. we're building the team right now. So I the whole team is up in Salinas. I'm like the only LA person here. So I'm holding mm. it down. But we are expanding. We're getting more people. So I think it's all kind of coming together in terms of like, we're growing at the pace that we need to, you know, but I think that around 420, something did happen. <laughs> and what happened was um, we were trying to really go hard on, on like 420 deals and also Cinco de Mayo. Right. Sure. And what happened was, is we had a, what we're calling a quote unquote Supreme situation where we freaking sold the fuck out. <laughs> And and it got to the point where right. limonada and cajeta, no, a pulque, limonada and, and pulque sold completely out. And they were dispensaries that were like, kind of like, no, we want the stock. No, we want it. And the, that kind of became um, like a story with like people talking about word of mouth, like Umo sure. completely sold out. So then when we got that new batch in, there were dispensaries already who had purchased it before it was even in the shell. So it created this kind of demand from 420 where people know that now. Right. And we're selling out. There's a Umo wait list for, for some dispensaries because, oh, of, wow. and we didn't mean it that way. It's just the fact yeah. that it's going so fast that we had to kind of be aware of that. And after 420, we made sure on the team, on the on the farm side, like, hey, this this is the demand now. We need to we need to meet this demand to make sure that we don't have selling out happening again. You know, right? And, and that becomes difficult, especially, Matt. You know, I've, you know, for for the listeners that, that know, like our, my experience is building a brand as well, and we ran into those issues all the time, and it became it became difficult to like manage operations, and and it was always a constant like fight between operations distribution and sales yeah. right oh, yeah because like we're, we're, just, we're going so hard on sales yeah. right now however that, when you get into the dispensary the work just starts you know and like sometimes it feels like we're you know the home stretch like we got an account like fuck yeah we got into you know x x dispensary right. and it's like holy shit we got to service them now. We got to make sure that they have staff education. We got to do PADs. We got to give them hella free shit <laughs> before yeah. we can even sell our shit. You know, where I, my heart goes out to a lot of the smaller brands that, you know, it's hard out here because to have a brand is really giving away a lot. Mm -hmm. You have to because it's the game of right. the game, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because hence the reason why we're here at Yerba mm -hmm. is because of that, right? one of the accounts that you landed was here at Yerba, right? So t share with me your, your, your emotions and your feelings, knowing that one, you grew up down the street. This is your, your, your 
backyard. hometown, your backyard. Share with me those your, those emotions when you got the meeting, and then share with me those thoughts once everything was successful and then you finally hit the shelf. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, so yeah, I I was born at you know White Memorial. I grew up in Whittier, but but these these streets are still always gonna be very sentimental to me. Um, so the high school that I went to was a uh, St. Paul High School, and we used to do this thing every year. It was a walk walk that where you. you you have to you donate to the to a homelessness uh, nonprofit, but right. it's a it's a walk where you walk twenty six miles, and we would do this thing. It's a marathon. Yeah, it's a marathon, but like you do it for charity, and right. and if you get tired, you know they would have um, chaperones that could just drive you to the finish line. Oh, uh, okay. But it was like a fun thing for us high schoolers because it was like, oh, we get to walk and be on the streets, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, <laughs> I remember I have this memory of like we'd walk through through this street and like. You know, I remember just being high school kid, like walking and I'll always remember that. And I remember driving when we had the meeting and coming down and driving down these streets and being like, yeah, I'm going to pitch my cannabis bed right now. <laughs> and like little little 13 or 15 year old Susie was over here just like walking. And I think that when I saw the sugar skulls, you know, I think that sugar skulls are something that are very like commercialized in the American culture. You know, um, people don't know you know, the origins of the sugar skull, they just think it's cool. It can sell whatever you see sure. and all these, you know, cerveza bottles, you don't even know like where it comes from or what the purpose is. But when you see it at a place that's authentically Latino, you know that they know. And that's really special to me. I think that, you know, Umo was built, the branding was built and believes on, you know, representation for Latino culture and tradition. So when I saw that, you know, the, the artwork and their presence, I thought, wow, what a perfect match, you know? Yeah. And when me and me and Guillermo sat down and we started talking about the brand. Shout out to Guillermo. Uh, shout, shout out to Guillermo. <laughs> we had our, our first meeting and I remember pitching out, pitching the brand. And within the first couple of slides, Guillermo was like, we believe in this. Like, that's what we believe in too. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And he's just like, us too. Us too. And it's like. That, that's a great impression, <laughs> by <know>? the way. <laughs> that's a great. <laughs> I, I almost thought this was Guillermo. I was like, wait, hold on. What? Yeah. No. Um, no, but it was, we just aligned on everything where he's like, dude, me too. Me too. And I was like, I know. So it was very like, it turned in from like a pitch to just like a dialogue conversation about yeah. like, this is where we're at now. Yeah. And, you know, one thing led to another. And then we were just like figuring out like, what are some things that we can do? Like, what can we, how can we move it together? And we've always just kind of had that riff of back and forth of like, what are some ideas we can yeah, have? Yeah, you know? and you know, <laughs> in case you didn't know, there there is camera footage of, when, once you walked out, the jump and the cheering, ah, there is that Lorenzo, out there. Yeah. Just just so you know, yeah. there, there's that footage of you like. Shout out Lorenzo, <laughs> but he's, um when I first, I think I saw Yerba on Instagram, and I think I was like, I was like uh, Insta-stalking um, the page, and I was like, they're so perfect. They're yeah. so perfect. <laughs> and I had sent it to Lorenzo, and I was like, bruh. And he's like, I know, I've been looking at him too. And I was like, well, what, what do we do? What's the strategy? We just show up or what? And so we, we have been trying to figure out, like, what's the best way to kind of um, make it authentic, you know? And I was thinking, should I send my people out, you know? Like, because I've got a community or the Mota family, we call them. I was like, we could just kind of put a call and have the people make us come in, you know? Yeah. But then it ended up being organic and we just kind of figured it out. But I'm excited because um, I know it's a it's an authentic connection, but I think we're going to do great work for, for cannabis, but the community as well. I think it's just so many ideas nice and so folks can come to yerba now and find umo products on the shelves now right yes they can nice. right there behind you right there there you go it's great I, I checked in with yerba and he was telling me that it's within the first week it's it's flying i think that it's just I knew what would happen you know absolutely <laughs> and and for for all our listeners that are watching or, or tuning in uh we got a special surprise that right now for while supplies last, if you do come into Yerba Dispensary and you shout out said connects while you're checking out, you can get $20 eighths. You can get an Umo $20 eighth just by shouting out said connects. So if you are tuning into this episode, make sure to come through, visit Yerba Dispensary, pick up your Umo uh, products and be able to take advantage of those $20 eighth. 
yes. of all that product. So try that award-winning limonada. I want you guys to smell it. So this is the <laughs> limonada right here. It's named after the limonada uh, agua fresca with the chia seeds. You know that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's named after that because you'll see when you open up the jar and you smell those terps. Um, it's very sweet. It has that tartness. Um, I named it limonada because of, of the, the, the agua fresca, but it's also meant to help bud tenders get across to patients, consumers, what they're going to experience, right? When you hear limonada, you kind of assume it's a sativa, and it 100% is, right? Yeah, for sure. And the top terpene of this profile is limonene. So limonada right. you know and it, so it it just it's meant to kind of empower bud tenders to get across what what the strain is without it being so salesy like hey let's have a conversation let's talk about limonada and why it was named that you know yeah. people are already getting across what it is and so this one right here is one of the ones that won gold at the california state fair cannabis awards nice. um for terpene expression, what I love about this um, competition that we were just awarded golden is that it's, it's a so science-based competition. It's 100% <laughs> science-based and um, they don't even focus on the brand at all. It's 100% just the flower. You guys so, need to get this. You guys yeah. need to check this out. Cause yes. That's and the, and the buds are... They're yes. giant, right? They're giant. Some, <laughs> yeah, that's these that are added. some buds. Yeah, um, I think, it, you know, it's always great to hear when people frosty. don't um, they assume it's un indoor or they just don't even ask and don't really seem to care, you know, and it's, they just want good bud. Yeah. That's, that's high THC and a good price point, you know, but when I can educate about mixed light, I love to, because mixed light is truly, truly good. It's going to be, more, we're going to see more about mixed light because there's just more opportunity. No, yeah. no. Oh, go ahead, B. Yeah. So, so you mentioned Monada and why you named it, but tell us about how the names come about, you know, cause yes. I'm looking at, Fresa con crema and then arroz con leche. Yes, so the fresas con crema. Um, I can show. I can show you why it's um, it's called fresas con crema. That's it right here. Smell that one. Oh, sure. Right, right. Yeah. Do you smell the strawberry scent? Oh, absolutely. What's What's great about the fresas con crema is that is that that strawberry kind of scent that you get. Um, no, I, don't, it's that one right there. B, but, don't don't put that shit in your pocket. <laughs> Look, you saw the strawberry. Look, guys. So basically, <laughs> what? <laughs> so basically, um, the strain, like process, strain naming process, it has a purpose. It comes. It's basically, it comes from my time as a bud tender. One of the things okay. that I dealt with as a bud tender was, because I was a bud tender at a trap shop back in the day. So this was back in the day when you would have those jars, and you'd have yeah. to pick out, you'd have to weigh out the eighth. And then I remember the people coming in, they would stare at me while I would like weigh out the eighth because they'd always want to get hooked up. And it'd be like, dude, my boss is like watching. It was so weird. But um, it's not like that anymore, which is great to hear. <laughs> but um, one of the things that I dealt with as a bud tender was being able to get across to the person who's buying it, what they're going to experience, what mm -hmm. they're going to, before they can even buy it. They're not going to be able to smoke it in front of me. So what I've done is I made a, a story with each strain. For example, so there's a strain called pulque. Yeah. And pulque, for those who don't know, it's a very traditional Mexican drink. It's kind of like a kombucha-like drink mm. that it's, um, it has alcohol in it, but it's not an alcoholic drink. It's like kombucha like that. So they still drink it in Mexico today, but it's really known for its pungency and potency. It's supposed to be a drink that you take and it gives you a kick, right? Right. When I first smoked this strain that I named that, it was Legends OG crossed with another, like, really legendary OG, which gave you that, like, kick in the back of your throat where you're about to get high. <laughs> it's that, that gassiness that you get mm -hmm. in the back of your throat. I got that from that strain, and I was like, that is bulky right there. Like, it, it encompasses the kick that you're feeling, the fact that it's something different, that it's really strong. It's also one of our, our highest testing THC strains that we have, right. testing at around 36%. So um, the names, they get across the feeling that crosses the terpene profile, but they also are still carrying the culture and traditions that we're hoping to, to meet with Umo. So, and all the names are like that. Fresas con crema. That one obviously is the, the strawberry cross. So it has that, those strawberry notes in it. 
but it still gets across the fact that it's a very smooth and creamy smoke, you know? Yeah. So the names, um, I'm really like want people to know, like they're not just stuff that I pulled out because they're Spanish names, you know, <laughs> like, Oh, that's cute. Name with that. That's cute. Like, no, they're, they're all specific. Like arroz con leche. That's, that's our second award winner. So that's another one that won gold. This is this one right here. So this one, it has notes of spice in them. So the exhale on the arroz con leche actually has a little bit of spice notes. I can smell that which, from here. Yeah. So it ha yeah. so I like the arroz con leche name for it yeah. because it has the, the milky trichomes, but the exhale on that is really herbally and spicy. So uh, that's arroz con leche. It's meant to make sure that the, the flavor is on point and it's meant for you to be a storyteller when you're selling it. And what I'm seeing is that bud tenders are telling me that they are excited to sell it. They are, it's easy for them because they can talk about their own culture. They can talk about mm. how they feel about it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I have, I, th I think that a big reason why it's doing well, aside from the price point and the quality is the bud tenders feel represented and they're, they're wanting to sell it. Yeah. And I go in and I do the dispensary. Um, I do a lot of the bud tender education in person if I can, because I want to talk to them as I'm a former bud tender. Right, right. I'll tell them like, how's it moving? What do you need? Do you need a sample? Sometimes they're like, well, I haven't smoked it yet. And I'm like, girl, you need to smoke it if you're going to be smelling it, smoking it, you know? So I make sure that um, I, I, I'm on boots on my boots on the ground right now. Like it's a lot of time and effort, but I'm traveling all over from SF to the, to the, yeah, I saw that. I saw you had a meeting with Balka yeah, and, and all our cats from Balka with shout out, yeah, shout out to Balka, Alvaro, and all those yeah, cats. Alvaro, there. Shout yeah. out to Alvaro and Colas, his brand. Um, shout out to supporting the Salvadoran community. He's he's mm -hmm. doing a lot for Latinos up in the area, and so we we finally had our our sesh, you know, uh, right, over right. at CDXS. Um, and it was it's been great to go up to the SF and see where Umo is doing well at because we go in and people are like, Umo is here and like damn, like it's hitting, you know? Yeah. Like, and they're so Latinos. We, we need to bring that vibe here at Yerba. Yes. yes. Definitely gotta bring that vibe here at Yerba. So I am excited I'm excited to be able to showcase that here and and bring that to, to this shop in this community, especially being that it close to home for you yes you know we have um latino heritage com month coming september october mm -hmm. and so we're gonna be we're already getting prepared for like what we want to be doing um i think as a latino brand there and as a very very like a brand with a lot of depth like i have a lot to say you know so i think that this this year it's gonna be special we want to do come out with like a lot of visuals um, that are touching, but that, that really show that we're representing Latino community in, yeah. in a good way, you know? So I'm excited to, to collab with you guys on that. How, how are you guys, I know that one of the biggest um, points that UMO brings is eliminating stigmas behind our culture. What, what are some of the things that you guys are doing uh, within the community to help destigmatize the plant and destigmatize the, the story behind the that we've learned growing up with the plant. Yes, yes. One of the ways is, so we are a contributor to the Social Impact Center of Los Angeles, which is a queer and Chicana-led organization that actually focuses on cannabis education, bilingual cannabis education as well. Nice. And they're also leading a lot of expungement clinics because um, at the end of the day, like, one of the biggest ways um, that we can achieve destigmatization is through jobs, because at the end of the day, like if you're making money and bettering your life from it, our peers in our community, they're going to feel more open to hearing about cannabis. Sure. You know, when people hear that, like I got pain relief or I'm living a better life because of this, like they're going to be more inclined to learn about it and be accepting of it than to like, Hey, I'm just using it for whatever purposes that, you know, we may not understand. They, right. they tend to understand job and career opportunities better, you know? So one of the ways that we're able to kind of, uh, you know, contribute to that is by supporting organization like the social impact center. And so that's an organization from day one, we were supporting them. Like I knew that like with this brand, we wanted to show the community our commitment to them and we not something that we're waiting for to do, yeah. you know, like, no, 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 we're going to do that from yeah. the ground floor. So we, we support the Social Impact Center and their initiatives as well. So we were a partner in the San Fernando Valley Pride um, 
festival this weekend actually was there and so empowering the LGBTQI community through cannabis and wellness as well. Um, but ultimately, you know, we're, we're trying to really show and give our community a brand that they can get behind that is, you know, high quality through and through, authentic, but also like cool, like fresh, like something right. that has a good logo, like you feel yeah. good about repping. Because I think that, you know, you can go so hard on the social justice part, but at the end of the day, the flowers got to be good. Like you want to be able to wear like, and feel proud about what you're wearing, you know? And yeah. I think we have that. Our, our logo is strong. And, and, and I happened to show up to, to Possible Farms like yes. not too long ago. And, um, and I thought it was dope to see a lot of the, the, the employees there that were packaging up the flower, like repping Umo, like they're either wearing a hat or they had a little hoodie on. Um, as they were walking down, I was like, that's dope. Like, that looks cool. <laughs> yeah, they no, they rep. And I, I love too that when I go to the farm, there's like rancheras playing. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, like they get down <laughs> and it's just authentic as hell. Like, they're yeah. not putting on a show, they're, they're just working, you know? And, so it's great to kind of be around that. And um, yeah, shout, you know. shout out to Isaac. That's part of the possible team out there. Um, and I know I know with the whole operations out there, like I said, like yes. I said, I've been I've, I've been there. So I, I know the ins and outs of folks uh, yeah, out there. Isaac, shout out to Isaac. Isaac and, yeah, Isaac, and his Manita, team. all yep. the people in the office that, um, you know, they're not they're not on the press side like me and Jesus are. But are still like integral. They're in the like, trenches. You know, they're, they're, they make they're putting, it work. Yeah. Like Isaac, we we um he's a new father. So shout out to him. So we we lost him for a good like month. Oh you know? uh, yeah. He got us having a baby. Like that's yeah like, yeah weird thing. But <laughs> yeah. like losing him from that point, like you really understand. Like oh my god, we we lost him because we were stressing yeah. out. Like oh, I, <laughs> Isaac. But God is back. New father, shout out to him. Father there you Dave. go. But, um, but yeah, the whole team at Possible, it's 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 great to work with good people. Like honestly, good people. You know, this industry yeah. can be tough, and they're you know, like any industry, there are there are good good business, bad business. But when you find the good ones, it just fits, and that's how it was with with uh, with Possible when I first met them. Nice. My, my partner Jesus, he's like they're they're all really just good ass people damn it yeah it's hard to find <laughs> like when you find good people it's just like a breath of fresh air you're just yeah. like it exists like yes you know um so they're all really good guys i was having a meeting with a colleague the other day and they were like what, what do you think is like your you know umo like how would you like express to like people who don't know or the outsiders and i was like honestly like we're the good guys in cannabis. We're the people you could trust. Like we're we're just here, like doing our thing. We're not doing people wrong. Yeah. We're not sketchy. Like we're the good guys out here giving people good flower. And, you know? and and as a consumer <laughs> that is looking to, you know, maybe make that that brand switch, because you're from a farm, does that mean, or you're you're sourcing from the farm? Does that mean that I can find I can always find that specific strain? at a shop or because I, as consumers, brands are always, they, they change the, the, the products, right? I, I can go into a shop one day and find the limonada, but then I can come back next week or a month from now. And I can, I want to ask for that limonada, but now it's, Oh, they don't make it anymore. Oh, Is that something yeah. that, that you Umo being partners with Possible Farms, something that you guys can provide to your consumers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. because we are the farm. We're not white label. We are the farm. So I wouldn't say that we're partnered with Possible. We are Possible. Like, it's Possible. They did Umo. This is their in-house right. brand. So because of that, we don't have those issues the way the others sure. might, which is a huge, huge advantage. Yeah. advantage because we're actually able to make dispensaries our true a true partner by being right. able to meet them where they need to be and like hey we level with a lot of dispensaries like hey look i can't make that price point happen and i'm like well what what can we work out you know yeah so being the fact that we are the farm we can make that happen which just passes yes. on the savings to the consumer because mm -hmm. we're about accessibility we want our community to access our flowers so we want to make sure that we're meeting dispensaries where they are so they can see the power of Umo. It's going to fly. So yeah, <laughs> like, let's just get it in. You and, know? And, and, and as we just said, while, <laughs> while, while items are, are limited here, make sure to use said connects. 
get yourself a twenty dollar eighth of Umo. So take yes. advantage of that while do you it, can. Do it. Yes. While we you want can. people to fall in love with those strains, you know, and like the limonada and the arroz con leche, like those for sure are here to stay. The only time we'll switch out strains is if we're if it because I keep an ear on the community. Sure. Right so if something's moving over something else and we want to add another skew, like that's the only reason like all might be maybe consider swapping it out. Only right. if the community says like this one's popping over this one. Gotcha. But it's not because of consistency yeah. issues. It's more just that we're trying to serve right. the community more. Nice. You know? And speaking on community, um, one of the last points that I wanted to touch on was uh, your the Latinas in Cannabis initiative that you have going on. Yes. Share, share with me a little bit about that. So when I kind of was working in cannabis in a, in a larger capacity, I started seeing that Latinas were out here making moves. Like yeah. the, the women in, writing the a lot of the bills, like a lot of advocacy, you know, doing um, activism. But also a lot of the bud tenders are like, I want to see a large portion are Latinas. <laughs> For sure. And I'm like, wait, why are there so many Latina powerhouses in cannabis? But those aren't the ones you see in the magazines. Those aren't the ones you see doing speaking engagements and like shout it out and these things. Like, what is up? And as a journalist myself, I know the process of getting press, right? When you're a journalist, you have to vet. There's a vetting process. So when you're wanting to feature someone on an article, you have to research and see what other articles they've been in are they really who they say they are oh like whatever so there's all this process right journalists a lot of times don't get paid a whole lot and so they don't have the time for vetting so they end up featuring the same people in the same articles that's why you see the same people on the same thing right. all the time yeah i was wondering that too because i'm like how the fuck can we get on an article it's, it's a lot of vetting it's because the journalist doesn't doesn't have the time sometimes to do all the work that it takes to actually feature you so what i was like okay we need to figure out how to get more latinas noticed and recognized yeah. i started this instagram channel as a way to serve up latinas to these journalists absolutely and i was the one being like this is you know, Monica, she is the buyer at X dispensary. She's been, and I was like putting their little bios and just uh, sharing who the hell these yeah. people are. And then you see Latinas who are like, there's a um, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. She's a, yep. she's a doctor. You know her work? Yeah. We've had her on yep. the episode. Yeah. yeah. So she's yeah. Latina doctor, writer, like, I was mm -hmm. like, I need to help her. Like, I'm so I'm sharing her stuff. Yeah. I'm seeing this um, this Latina cannabis makeup artist who's doing amazing work, and and I'm like, share her stuff too. Yeah. All these Latinas shops doing um like resin art, like blunt clips. I'm like, fuck, let me help them sell their product. So within a short months, like it started really exploding because Latinas are seeing themselves represented yeah. i started to kind of just keep an ear on the community and starting to give them what they want to see so i'm yeah. starting to put humor and art and um i started to kind of see with latino heritage month that towards the halfway point of the of the moment of the year i mean of, of the of the month sure. basically i feel like there's a moment where we kind of have to look within ourselves and think about the Latino community as a whole, but what other sectors within the Latino community need to be acknowledged? And I think that Latina women, we deal with certain things that, that you know, within our own existence. So I think by, by recognizing a holiday and giving us a holiday for Latinas and cannabis, I mm -hmm. feel like this is something that we could use. Like yeah, absolutely. Day. So I ended up going to, um, and I, I own it now. So National Latinas and Cannabis Day. It's September 30th. Okay. Celebrated the first ever last year. So this year will be the second annual National Latinas and Cannabis Day. And it's a day to recognize Latinas who work in this industry, who do anything in this industry, are creatives. And it's a day to, to recognize us, but also to help support our businesses. And, Absolutely. You know, and so this, this uh, channel is now turning into... Um, an organization that uh, right now I want to say it's it's really on its way. We've we've been on Bold Latina, we've been on Univision, we've had a lot of press, and I think it's an it's an, 
I'm just looking for ways to benefit Latinas even more. So Absolutely. we are venturing into the event space and doing more workshops. It's about bringing resources and opportunity to Latinas and their businesses. So Latinas in Cannabis is growing and I'm really excited for it to be a job provider in the same way that Mota Glass and Umo is. Yeah, and that's dope. And I've always been an advocate for women in the space. We didn't do it earlier, B, but um, I I, I shout out, I'm a father of three girls. And so (laughs) I'm always looking for ways to support women in spaces now because I say this all the time, the work that's being done now by the women is they're paving the way for my girls as they grow up. And whatever path they decide to take, it's because of the work that's being done now. And so if there's any way that I can help support women in whatever capacity I can, I know it's because it's for my girls as well. And it'll make them that much more successful in whatever path they decide to take. And so that's so I wanted to definitely highlight the Latinas in cannabis work. And and I wanted to, as as we do in every episode, shout out my girls. So what's up, mama? What's up, Dalia, Faith (laughs) and Rosie? Um, is there anyone you want to shout out? Um, yeah, shout out to my partners at Possible, Matias and Jesus and the whole Possible team, Isaac, Manita, JJ, and um, Jesse, who's our new team member up in the SF area, who's killing it up in the SF area. You know, I'm on LA, so it's great having someone up there really supporting the brand and, you know, happy to share that we're expanding, you know, we're, we're trying to hire more Latinos and give people the opportunity to to join us on this journey, you know, because yeah. it's definitely, you know, we wanted to to help more people, you know. Nice, nice. Now we got we got one of the last few segments. Yeah, I hope you're ready. But one of the last few segments that we've had, and for our listeners that's been tuning in, I've heard some reviews about it, B, and they're all great. Everyone loves it. And so <laughs> we're, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna transition to our be intentional moment. Yeah. All right. What you got for (laughs) us, B? Actually, you know, I was thinking about somebody specific in my family this week. And then um, I read this quote that says, just because you don't require a lot in order to be happy doesn't mean you you don't deserve. You know, you don't deserve it. Hold on. It doesn't mean you deserve the bare minimum. That's what I, you know. And so. Oh, man. You know, I'm just trying to process this, but. I see I see some people like they because they're content and because they're happy with their job or their relationship or the way their lives are going. It doesn't mean that they can be like they could be more, yeah. you know, and I think sometimes sometimes in, in basic like I was thinking about this because of a relationship that, uh, you know, a family member has that. You know, they're just so content with being at home, being like, you know, just staying at home and and, and not asking for much. Mm-hmm. But then I see all that, like I see the the longing, you know, and, and, and the conversations that we have. And so it doesn't mean that you you deserve the bare minimum. So everybody, you know, <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to, you know, speak your speak your mind and then ask for what you want. Because closed mouths don't get fed, B. That's right. Closed yeah. mouths don't get fed. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Uh, we got some announcements that we gotta make. Special announcements from Yerba Dispensary. They're gonna have a Munchies block party July 17th at Puff LA. Make sure to tap into their uh, Instagram page. Tap into ours as well. We'll have all the announcements. We'll have everything that you need to know to be able to tap in. They're going to have food vendors. They want to have a crazy cannabis experience that is for the community. We're going to be there as well, streaming live, having interviews, and bringing out some more content. So make sure to tune in. Uh, make sure to follow Yerba Dispensary or Yerba LA on Instagram. Make sure to follow us, set, set underscore connects to get all the updates for this upcoming Munchies Block Party. Um, I'm sure we'll find Umo and Susie there as oh, well. Yeah, that's dope. Um, <laughs> but I think, what else we got? 
I think that's it. And I just, you know, shout out to everybody like like Susie. You know, we have Susie here, but there's a there's a team behind her. You know, there's a team behind the glass. You know, there's oh, yeah. a team behind, you know, the cannabis uh, Umo. And so shout out to all of you guys. And and we want to definitely shout out Oh That's Filthy Productions to make this happen today, too. <laughs> um, shout out to Yerba. Shout out to Guillermo for allowing us to come into the space. And you're definitely going to see a lot more of these episodes uh, from Yerba. We got a lot of things that we're working on with with Yerba Dispensary that um, you guys are going to be definitely excited about the work that we're doing. So make sure to tap in, make sure to tune in with us and follow all the work that we're doing because there's, there's more to come and we're definitely upgrading. As you guys can see through every episode, I try to upgrade <laughs> at least with my energy, with everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Remember like that production's fire. Like, it really is. Yo, this, I'm telling you, this is the first time you've seen this. This is my first time I've seen this shit. So, <laughs> but I'm a real, like, this, wow. this is what we look like, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But... Again, thank you. Thank you, Susie, for coming through, hanging out with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Be sure to follow Umo on Instagram. We have, we're always popping and doing something on Instagram. So uh, be sure to follow us at get.umo for Umo. Mota Glass, we're at M-O-T-A underscore glass, Mota Glass. And then with me, you can follow me at Susie Greens for my cannabis Instagram. And then my regular one is just Susie Placencia. <laughs> oh, and Latinas and Cannabis. Latinas underscore Cannabis. Those are all my businesses, I promise. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, I want to tune in. Uh, again, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Side Connects. Uh, again, thank you, Susie, for tuning in. Thanks, Oh, That's Filthy, for, for making this happen and this collab. And again, thanks, Yerba Dispensary. And with that, we'll see you guys next week. Much love. All right. See you guys. Blazing.